H5G Brands is a proud sponsor of Above180.com. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Show your individuality and have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.h5gbrands.com. Don't let fashion pass you by. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Thank you to all of our supporters and our fans. We appreciate it. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Over the weekend, the inaugural Go Bowling PBA NASCAR Invitational took place at the Phoenix Raceway. Kyle Troop and Jesper Swenson were in town at the race promoting Go Bowling. I had a chance to interview both Kyle and Jesper together on Friday, which is the day that they taped the competition that aired on Fox Sports 1. Kyle and Jesper, I want to thank you both for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's um, looking forward to be here. All right, well, it's uh, quite an event right here. We're at Phoenix International Raceway. Had a, catching up with you guys prior to a bowling event that people probably, frankly, have already seen on Fox. But let's let's talk about this event. How were you both asked to take part in it? And then... Um, just this overall atmosphere and, and what we're seeing. Yeah, so, uh, you know, John Harbaugh with Go Bowling reached out to me about this event. Uh, you know, we're on the PBA tour, so it was, a, you know, a little bit of a struggle to get us here, but, you know, not really, kind of worked out. Uh, so, you know, I was more than happy to do it, you know, get a little break off of the tour for a few days and come out here, you know, a TV show, get the celebrities involved of NASCAR and, and uh, further our relationship with them. So. Yeah, I mean, I just got the question and I uh, didn't hesitate. I'm super excited to be here. First time ever at the NASCAR event. So, uh, you know, just throw in some ball in there and uh, do what we do best and just enjoy the show. So you two, you two room together on tour, correct? Yeah. How did, how did this all come about? You guys seem like you're, you're close together, you're hanging out together. You're both from obviously different parts of the world. So how did this all come about? Uh, so let's see, it was probably about four or five years ago. Uh, we were bowling Cheetah finals against each other. Uh, and, you know, Jesper was with the Europeans, Stewie and Dom and those guys, and he was kind of the, the fifth guy in a doubles, you know, so we decided to bowl the doubles together. And then we won, and then we started rooming together, and now, you know, here we are. I would say we're best friends, and, you know, uh, it's always nice to have somebody else with you on tour because it's a grind and everything, the mental side of it. So nice to have another guy that, you know, we got similarities, and, you know, we both are very hungry, and then we both like to really kick it and take it easy, you know, in our downtime, so it works pretty well. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I can just agree with what he said. And um, I believe it was me who asked you to bowl the doubles. And you thought I was just trying to get in his head because we were bowling against each other at the time. Um, but, you know, it's um, 
it's been working out really well and I feel like we're growing um, together and becoming better human beings and better players. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed the time with Kyle. So what's the one thing since you started rooming together that you've learned about Kyle that you didn't know going in? He's a pretty good chef. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, we've been going through ups and downs. Obviously, he had his uh, very successful year uh, a couple of years ago, and, uh, you know, I was just pretty much in the backseat enjoying the show that year. And, uh, you know, I had some early success on tour, and i uh, just trying to get back to to winning a little bit more. But, um, you know, I feel like we definitely in the mental side of bowling, we've really been finding ways to get better every day. Biggest thing you've learned about Yesfer over the time? Uh, um, yeah. Man, that's a tough one. You definitely put me on the spot. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I already knew he was really good at FIFA, you know. Um, I don't want to say he's lazy, you know, because he's not. But uh, You guys like your downtime. You we like our downtime, you yeah, like you know. I guess I learned he was a better gamer than I thought because we definitely mess around on the Xbox and PlayStation a little bit. But, you know, uh, we've just both learned so much from rooming with each other the last four years and, and uh, just trying to become better in all aspects of the game and life. And, you know, um, really couldn't ask for a better roommate, you know, to tackle the tour and not even, you know, come out here and we get to do this event together. That's going to be pretty cool for both of us and, you know, memory that, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about down the road. Awesome. So let's go a little bit individual here now. Uh, Kyle, let's first talk about your, your season so far. You guys are five events in, had the very strong start, finishing second at the U.S. Open to E.J. Tackett, who's just on fire. Um, it's the only word you can think of to describe it after winning last week as well. Um, your season since then, though, probably hasn't gone as you would have would have liked. What are, what are some things that you're taking to, to work on that you can take from that learning experience from making the you know second place to, to where we're at now? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, making the show at the U.S. Open at the beginning of the year, it definitely gave me the confidence that, you know, I had, but, you know, maybe didn't because I've kind of been working on my game a little bit. And then uh, to come out there and, you know, I was dealing with the finger injury, the ingrown nail and everything in match play. So a little adversity, but just showed me that, you know, I've definitely still got the game. I know I have the mental game for it. And then, you know, I've just been battling the next week. The finger bothered me, so I couldn't really bowl like I wanted to. So then the next week, I kind of relearned how to bowl a little bit. And then we bowled the Bradley. And, you know, uh, I've been bowling pretty well. You know, I'm pretty happy. We have the major coming up, the TSC, next week. Uh, last week, I bowled 200 over on the dual pattern with 260 the last game to miss by one. So I was pretty shocked about that. But uh, so I'm just going to take that momentum moving forward in the TSC. I feel really confident mentally, physically, and and uh, you know even here I feel good on the lanes here. So you know bowling's going well mentally. I'm ready for it. Just got to keep punching the bag, keep pushing the rock. And yes, for you've been you didn't have the highs as as Kyle did, but you've been more of a consistent where you've been finishing there. What are some things that you know you're hoping you can take from these first five events and then move forward to the to the TOC and, and the rest in the World Series coming up here as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely looking forward to the majors, of course, and I feel like I've had a decent start to the season. Like, I missed a couple cuts, but also made match play at the U.S. Open, which is a pretty big challenge, and um, didn't really get it going there. Had a pretty bad record in match play, which not gives you the, the 30 bonus pins every game, so it's kind of tough to keep up when you don't win your matches, really. And then, um, you know, made a cut in Springfield and... Um, and also last week, so I feel like I've been bowling pretty well physically, and it's just uh, those small things that needs to click, like as far as matching up perfectly to, to be able to 
to beat the best in the world. But I feel like as long as I'm bowling well physically, I'm I'm gonna be right there. It's just a matter of time, and I just try to keep that as my main goal to keep bowling well, and you know, just try to work around uh, the other areas that needs to click to be able to be successful. So a lot is made of the transition at the right EC, but I think sometimes it gets lost in the transition, per se, of, of the left. The left, You guys see it as well on your side of the lane, especially with, with the different rev rates and who you're following and urethane and reactive and all the et cetera. But can you talk about it from your perspective? Because that's a perspective I think sometimes we don't necessarily hear as much about. Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of good lefties on tour that uh, definitely breaking, the down, uh, breaking down the lanes uh, on our side too. Obviously not as much as on the right side, but sometimes all the righties are waiting for is that transition because they know that maybe the fresh is kind of tough, so then they just wait for the lane to develop, and then they kind of crush it. So um, that doesn't really happen as much on the left side. But, you know, we constant conversation with the ball reps that tries to to – to know what the next pair is going to be like and you know it's it's all a guessing game at that point but um you know just trying to like we said earlier just learn every day and i mean we normally me and kyle talking about the blocks after we're done and try to take some things to moving forward and like as you proceed throughout the week you learn about the lane play and moves and stuff so um i mean that's the that's the cool thing about bowling that you have all these different challenges but you can't really see it with your eyes you got to feel it and just know it so um but yeah i mean there's definitely also with the patterns that we bowl on they might be a little bit asymmetrical so they try to put us through the same kind of challenges i guess i could say so uh i mean it's fun i think it's fair and um so far in the season it's just a matter of who's been bowling well and ej and simo obviously this year have been off to a really good start so they're the guys to beat right now all right back to kind of our our coordinated interview interview here some is being made i don't want to say a lot is being made but just some of the the uh, the limited entries and the entries we guys are seeing with the tournaments what's do, do the players what as players what do you guys think about that i mean obviously i think i could probably speak for jesper and myself in this situation like we don't really mind it because we're in the top 50. You know, I do understand it's a grind. Uh, you know, why not let everybody in? You know, um, you know, who knows what the PBA has planned? You know, maybe there's an exempt tour in the future. You know, maybe they're trying to cut it down to have just premium players to build a market off of, you know. And then, I mean, for the PTQ grinders, respect to those guys. I mean, Justin Knowles, Thomas Calco, you know, those two guys are, you know, definitely going to earn their spot. Uh, you know, so it, it's a grind, but I guess I could see the good and bad from both sides of it because, I mean, the good is also that a lot of people are going to be getting paid each week. You know, half the field gets paid for the most part, or, you know, uh, so it's a little easier to make money if you're in that top 50 or 60 that's allowed to bowl. But then, obviously, on the negative side, all the people that don't get the opportunity to compete on the PBA tour. Uh, so, you know, it's there's no correct answer. Uh, you know, we just – Myself as a bowler, I've just got to shoe up whenever I'm told to shoe up and, you know, let the politics take care of themselves. Is it one of those things, too, when you, you have to weigh the option of how much, how many is too many and then what the amount of money that's at? You know, where does it become watered down? We talk about other sports and expansion and water, you know, them getting watered down. Is, it seems like the PBA is, is trying to keep that from happening for you guys. Yeah, I could see that. I've never really thought too much about that. But, uh, you know, like even this week, like they tried the one and two payout in Jackson. 
benefited me. I was the first out of the cut, so I got a check this week, you know, and I haven't really dived in to look at the prize fund and see the big differences where, you know, if we think one's better than the other. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, we as professional bowlers have to stand behind the PBA and whatever decisions they're making and, you know, support that and, you know, try and build it bigger and better, you know, so that there's more money, maybe more spots. I don't really know the correct, the correct answer. You know, uh, I mean, the Masters, you, you know, the Masters, we got 300 entries or whatever. I mean, that's cool, too, but I'm all right if that's only once or twice a year. Like, you know, I guess on the PGA Tour, they don't have 200 people playing golf. You know, they got qualifiers as well. So, you know, I think sometimes these PTQs get blown up in our sport, and maybe we don't realize it happens in other sports as well. So, you know, I guess that's just part of the grind, unfortunately. As we move ahead to the TOC, AMF uh, Riviera Lanes, what are your guys, when I say that, first off, what comes to mind, and what are your memories of the, the center? Uh, well, <laughs> I remember Jesper bowling really good there a lot. <laughs> I've had pretty good success there as well. I know I just missed the show last year. Uh, so, you know, I, I have a lot of confidence in that building. The fans are unbelievable there. Uh, so I'm really excited to get back there. I mean, pretty much, you know, lots of confidence, and, you know, the fans are great. So I couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah, uh, like Kyle said, I've been bowling well. I finished second at the TOC there one time um, when I was about to win it back-to-back, I thought. But, uh, you know, it's just a historical place for, for the PBA, so it's always an honor to, to walk in that building and be a part of it. So, uh, And like Kyle said, the fans are great there, and um, and uh, TOC is such a special event wherever it's at, but uh, bowling at the Riviera Lanes is uh, very special. I want to hit on that because, you, like you said, when you go into a place where, you, where you've had success before and it was on Pattern X, they change it to Pattern Y, Does that is it just something that you and the building match up, the way the topography is, the way you're – is it a partly a mental thing or what, what leads to success? I know even in, in Jackson you had, you've had previous success there as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's more just your confidence coming into the tournament. You know that the circumstances are going to be different, but – you know that you've seen your ball strike a lot in that building before and that just boosts your confidence and, and maybe makes your physical game a little bit better just from feeling really confident and feel good. So, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure about what the pattern is going to be, but, um, you know, I'm ready for the challenge. How much do you guys pay attention to that? I mean, you look at it and that's it. Look at it once or not even just to know what you, what it is for a point of reference, but is that about it? Yeah, I mean, we look at the length, the volume, and the type of oil, I would say, is the most important thing. Um, other than that, I don't bother with the graph too much. Honestly, I couldn't really tell you what it all means. But, you know, we look at those three points and then uh, judge the lane surface, you know, take that into play, and then just judge our ball reaction in practice session because I'm a firm believer preconceived notions never really work out too well. Yeah, just really try to, to use the practice session to your advantage and get as much information as you can and uh, make sure you have a solid setup of balls and, and you know, um, the all the different patterns and stuff. If you get too complicated with it, I guess it's just going to get confused after a while. So, um, like Kyle said, we just look at the basics of it and uh, feel it out in practice. Do you guys treat every practice session the same? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's part of the process for the week, you know. Um, so I, I would say I probably like to practice a little longer than Jesper, but neither of us practice the full time. You know, we gather our data, we get our balls ready, because the patterns, for the most part, we kind of know what we got to do. It's similar shapes every week, you know. When it's 38 feet, we throw the urethane and then we hook it. When it's 45 feet, you probably play it, you know, the middle of the lane and then we're getting left. So 
you know, it's more just figuring out the arsenal, getting the feet comfortable with the la- with the approaches, and uh, you know, just getting the mind ready for the week. And then one aspect can be if uh, if it's six game blocks or eight game blocks, uh, like if you bowl the full two hours, the lanes are already way past what it's going to be during the six game block. So that's also an aspect that we can think about sometimes regarding how long we're practicing for. Um, but yeah, normally. An hour and change for me in practice. Kyle normally goes for an hour and a half, and you know I just kind of derp around for a little bit and watch what he's doing. Drill the ball. <laughs> so we've alluded to this a little bit, just uh, the amazing run that EJ is on, and even and Anthony Simonson right finishing, there. yeah, right there as well. Can we put into words, or is there anything that comes? You know, I'm trying to think. Of, if Belmo had a run similar, but is there something we can put into words? And what are you guys seeing out of both those players? anything different or is it, is it just a few extra hits they're getting that maybe they weren't getting previous I mean you know as far as EJ goes I think one you know maybe could be the equipment is getting a little better on the motive side you know I've seen a lot more success from a lot of other players you know I don't really know too much about the motive equipment but then it's also just being matching matching up and then the confidence I mean these guys are just you know oozing confidence out of them at all times and you know um, they're just rolling week to week sticking to their process their process is rock solid and, uh, you know, they're bowling well, and they're just trying to ride the wave. You know, I've been there before in 2021. I wanted to shoe up for anything I could, and these guys are probably in the same boat. So, uh, you know, we just got to try and be better than them. You know, try look and see why they're succeeding. You know, put that into our games a little bit and, you know, just get back to work because it's still a week-to-week thing. Anything stick out to you as far as, I mean? No, I mean, I'm just impressed with the run they're having right now and how good they're bowling. Uh, they just find a way to to bowl well every single day. And, uh, you know, they both very versatile players, so they can pretty much do it all. So when when they're in a good good uh, mindset, confidence and all that, you know, this th- these things happen. And um, like Kyle said, we just have to try to, to be better and um, – I mean, we've beat them before, so they're not going to win every tournament for the rest of their life. We just need to find a way to take them down that one time, and then, and then we're on. So one of the things I I, um, I noticed, and I, I've been seeing this, some certain uh, is the gambling aspect of bowling. I'm curious, from a player perspective, you guys are aware of it, your overall thoughts on it. I mean, there's you can gamble on a lot of different things. You know, the Oscars are coming up, or. Oscars just just happened, whatever, you know, the race, you can, all this. Do you guys have any thoughts on that, and, and do you think it will help the sport? I think it's great for the sport. You know, uh, one of the things that never really closed long in during COVID was casinos. I mean, everybody gambles. Um, you know, I think that's a huge aspect of the game that can bring more people into it because people want to make money. I mean, you know, they may not really care too much about bowling, but if they can bet on it, I mean, there's people betting on – you know, freaking Chinese basketball at 3 a.m. sometimes. So, you know, I think that's definitely going to bring more viewers into it. And then whenever they start watching the bowling, if they maybe never have before, you know, they start growing fans. They start making some money off a guy. And they're like, oh, man, Simonson's on TV again this week. i got to fire the money in on that. And then who knows, maybe some of that money filters over into the PBA and, you know, we start making more money off of it. But I think that's, you know, the only downfall would be, like, players battling on themselves and throwing games. But I feel like that could happen in any sport, and it's just something you can't really worry about. So I think the positives are just 
all there for gambling and you know bringing more people into the sport has it been addressed with you guys that it's not allowed or is it it's assumed that it's not allowed but is that bit that has been addressed and, yeah they've, and they've mentioned that the players aren't allowed to like bet on you know the fox bet or whenever we make shows yeah that's not allowed okay final question i have for two final sorry check that not final question second to last question we've gone to the four four person step ladder in some cases now i know that's changing for some of the events coming up here moving forward does that change your guys mindset knowing you have to be in the top four versus that top five not really i think you know we know that going in and we're just trying to bowl as best as we can all week i mean a lot of times when we're in that situation we're not really looking at the cut you know because we're bowling well we're trying to just stick to the process you know keep keep bowling keep doing what we've been doing and then whenever we're done look and see where we finish you know if it's four or five we know that going in so everybody's got to prepare for it yeah it doesn't really make a huge difference um always aim for that number one spot anyway so um but uh in general i think it's nice that we use some different formats in general and uh for the majors it's always five at least um so uh yeah, I mean, I don't mind it at all, and I don't think it affects any of us really more than just it's four instead of five, and that's a fact. So um, as far as bowling goes or mindset, I think it's all the same. Bowlers, if you're looking for that dye-supplemented jersey, look no further than h5gbrands.com. High Five Gear does a great job with all of your dye-supplemented jerseys. Thousands to choose from, no hidden artwork fees They're doing a great job there. If you're heading out to the USBC Open Championships and you're wearing one of those H5G jerseys and you shoot an honor score, that's a 300 or 800, make sure you tag them on social media. That will get you a free jersey. Also, use promo code ABOVE180. That will get you $20 off your next order when you use promo code ABOVE180. $20 off your order for any jersey. Again, thousands to choose from. No hidden artwork fees. They walk you through the process. Please also check out the interview I did not too long ago with Stefan and Cassie, the new owners of H5G. So check that out. Check everything else you need out at h5gbrands.com. After you order that jersey at h5gbrands.com, also check out another great sponsor of the podcast, bowlingthismonth.com, bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. Of course, your ball reviews are down your left-hand side if you are looking for uh, a new rock to, to pick up before you head out to Reno to bowl the Open Championships. Also seeing some featured articles down the middle of the page there, troubleshooting and fixing thumb exit problems. Uh, something that we all need to uh, take a look at and make sure is is uh, is not happening in our release. But all sorts of great articles to help you improve your game, improve your release consistently. The BTM book report is there. Everything you need all at your fingertips, all for less than a cup of coffee a month. Again, check out everything at bowlingthismonth.com. Okay, final question now. You guys are both sporting your storm gear here, so let's talk about what you guys are liking in the in the storm roto nine hundred global arsenal and what you guys are seeing out there on the lanes and what's what's working well for you. I mean, obviously, pitch black for me is always the the little go to piece that I always have in my bag. Um, but then, as far as the new ball, I like the TNT uh, fits my game pretty well and uh, Supernova. And those little bigger ASIM balls is normally um, the play for me, especially being on the left side. I don't really use much of the cleaner 
more angular balls, but um, you know I can still mess around with them in practice and get a feel for it. But uh, TNT, I would say right now on the reactive side. Yeah, and for me, I mean uh, TNT is definitely on the you know benchmark smooth piece, very good on the fresh. Uh, I got to throw the IQ Ruby a little bit, not on tour, but I did throw 17 in a row with it on a house shot tournament when I was home over the weekend. So uh, you know that one's pretty sweet. And uh, the Eternity from 900 Global, you know, I've been throwing, we've been throwing a decent amount of ASIMs this year on tour. Uh, so, you know, those, those three just kind of fit right into the bag right off the bat. Uh, so that's always nice when a new ball comes, you kind of know where it's supposed to fit. It fits and you can start striking with it pretty well. So you're pretty excited with some of the pieces that have come, in, that have come out lately. And, you know, uh, just looking forward to hopefully throwing some strikes with them. Awesome. Kyle Troop, Yes for Swenson. Thank you both for being here on the Above180.com podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you.